Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm joined by Coach Michael Morla. What's up, Mike? What up, Patrick? How's it been, man? It's it's been good. It's been good, man. Uh, I gotta say, I haven't seen or spoken to Coach Mike in <laughs> fifteen years. 15, yeah. Fifteen. 20 years something like that let's not age ourselves uh, i was like yo who who wants to come on the podcast and he and he responded i was like all right let's do it let's do it man <laughs> i want to ask you you know i ask this from every guest like real quick like what's your warriors fandom like what's your early memories what how long you've been a fan i don't want to age myself but one of my first earliest memories is when um i read the san francisco sporting green and it said that we got Chris Mullen from St. John's. And at that time, it was like big news. Um, the only players I remember around that time was probably Sleepy Floyd, Purvis Short, J.B. Carroll. And then yep. we got Chris Mullen. And I thought that was going to make a difference. Uh, we had to wait another 10, 15 years. But, hey, it was good. Chris Mullen yeah. still my favorite warrior of all time. So where are you a coach at right quick? I coached at El Camino High School here in South San Francisco. Nice, nice, yeah. man, nice. Uh, this is awesome. This is the first time I've had anyone with the official title of coach on the show. <laughs> so go. I'm expecting some big <laughs> things from you. Um, no pressure, though. So, all right, the Warriors, they won game five over the Celtics at home at Chase Center. What, I mean, what popped out at you? What did you think of the game? Like, I'm going to be honest, um, I really thought Boston had a great game plan. As you could tell, what they did was they shut down Steph Curry. And what really shocked me, honestly, was even though we had that big lead, I was still scared. And the reason why is when that second half happened, you saw how aggressive the Boston defense was. And then the Warriors were back to nonchalant. Let me just get a one-hand pass over there. <laughs> but... um. And the thing was, you know, as a coaching point of view, the thing was Boston was overplaying the Warriors. And the Warriors, if you go back to basketball basics, none of them cut back door on the overplay. And that was driving me crazy in the second half because Boston really played over aggressive defense and none of the Warriors were cutting back door. But other than that, um, I think the Warriors answered the call. They had to step up and... Thank God for Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I'm so happy for that dude. Like I, I really, really want to see that dude get a a title. I want to see him get a ring yeah. because he's been so much maligned his career. I'm I'm stunned by by what he's what he's showing because every round, every step of the way, it's been like Andrew Wiggins aggression, <laughs> Andrew yeah. Wiggins taken to the basket, Andrew Wiggins playing tough defense. I mean, what's your take on 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 that dude? What really impresses me, honestly, and I don't think people, hopefully, people talk about this, was his defense. Yeah, like he he shut down um, Tatum the last two games, and the thing is, for you to shut down Tatum the last two games and still have the legs, because you know when you play defense, it takes a lot of you to still have the legs to get double-doubles, I mean, that helps mm -hmm. a lot. But honestly, I think he's perfect for the Warriors. One, he's he's quiet. He just he just wants to win. He mm -hmm. he doesn't make stuff known on the media. 
You know what I mean? So he's a perfect fit for the Warriors, and he's quietly killing Boston while everyone else is getting. I, I mean, he's getting enough credit, you know, with all the announcer yeah. stuff. But the fact is, he's killing you. Get a body on him. Once he gets the ball, double him up. You know, get someone yeah. else to get the ball. And as you can tell, they never doubled him up. It's like, I don't know if it's a slap in the face, but that's what you got to do. I mean, but that's the whole point about playing with Steph and to some extent Clay at this point. It's right. It's like you pick your poison. And when you're like the third option on the court, sometimes the fourth, it's like you're going to get those open shots. And that's the whole thing, right? Like if, if you double Wiggins, then somebody else is going to be open. And yeah. I, mean, I think, again, like that's the reason they got him, right? It's like, you know, like I'll, I'll go on Twitter and I'll see uh, Minnesota fans, you know, talking smack about, well, you know, you have a, your fourth option is making $30 million a year. I'm like, it's not coming out of my pocket. <laughs> it's like, right? that's cool. I don't care. If uh, Lakeham wants to pay that, then that's why he's a, a, a good owner. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, I, I I was impressed with Wiggins because he, what, he had like 14 or something in the first half. And my thing yeah. with him is like when he has a, a good first half, I mean, he'll keep playing hard, but – the, his ability to like kind of match it scoring wise in the second half isn't always there. Right. It's usually like if he, he'll, he'll score like 14 and then he'll score like two or four in the second half, but you know, he scored 12 more and those were huge, man. Like those drives and mm-hmm. he put a couple shots over, over Horford. I I'd seen those all season long. And honestly, I didn't expect as many of his shots to go in, you know, yeah, and he also exactly. hits them off the, hits them off the glass and, I always talk about, you know, how Andrew Wiggins has pretty pretty tough touch off the glass a lot of the times when he'll drive with with a force. Like, he'll just kind of hit it a little too hard off the glass. I think he did that once in this game, but for the most part, he was pretty solid. And he hit a couple turnaround mid-range jumpers, and I was like, man, looks like KD out there. Yeah, those were the ones that really impressed me. Those turnaround jumpers from the elbows really impressed me. Like, that's probably one of yeah. the hardest shots. And he loves missing. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, too, like, if you think about Boston and they're planning for Golden State, they will plan to guard Steph. They will plan their defense, you know, in stopping Clay. They will plan their defense on getting to Draymond's head or, like, just let him go on the top. But I don't mm-hmm. really think they ha- they pl- have a plan for Andrew Wiggins. Like, what would you say to stop Andrew Wiggins? What would you say? Like, I would yeah. put, like, a better player on him, honestly. But then you can't put Jalen Brown on him because that leaves Clay, right? Yeah. Um, I-, I think when Wiggins is playing like this, obviously, like, that's the whole point of having weapons one through four or whatever, you know, or one through three. It's if you sell out on Steph – or if you try to stop Steph and then Clay, Wiggins has to be able to score. And with that one-on-one matchup, he can get past a bunch of dudes. That one dunk he had, basically oh, on Derek White, that was that <laughs> yeah. was huge. I, I mean, like add that to the collection of Andrew Wiggins' massive dunks in the playoffs because you know he's so mild mannered. And I always talk about I I rewind games when I'm watching them uh, because I want to see i look for the andrew wiggins emotion i look for a fist pump yeah. you know like that that's what i look for and that 
used to let me know he was engaged. I don't need that to know he's engaged in these games. But like the crazy thing was, was like, you know, yeah, sure. Everybody on the Warriors brings up the ball, but he was like initiating. Looney set a screen for him. And usually when you set a screen for maybe Steph or Poole up there, you're guarding the three-point line. But Wiggins, he just like ran right past Derek White. And, you know, I mean, he caught a little bit of the rim. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> But that was that was impressive nonetheless. And, um, you know, you love seeing it from from uh, from him. And uh, again, I'm I'm just like super happy for that for that dude, and uh, uh, I'm I'm so glad he's he's on the team. It's it's an yeah. upgrade from Harrison Barnes, but <laughs> yeah. I think that mild manner mannerisms him it's, it's perfect. You know what I mean? Like he does not need the ball, but he's there to help you to help back you up, and that's what you need to have a good team. Yeah, I'm on a group text and I, I texted last game, game four, about how uh, Wiggins is better than Harrison Barnes. Kind of as an <laughs> obvious joke, but it's like, I mean, you know, in this day and age when the when the front lines have gotten even smaller, yeah. it works. You know, Harrison Barnes could play bigger dudes back then, but, you know, Wiggins doesn't have to play like a massive uh, Marc Gasol center. And, uh, yeah, he's just – I mean, it, it's crazy to have a third or fourth option who was the number one pick – who, you know, can can get his shots off. And he's, you know, like like we've been talking about, he took some tough shots and he actually made them. Oh, man, right? yes. That is, the, that is the thing, like the, the turnaround uh, mid-rangers and then like the the running, like, I don't know, floaters or whatever, push shots in the in the lane. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to me. What do you think happened in the fourth quarter? So I was watching this and I was like, okay, cool, we got to, we got a, uh, what, 11, was 11-point lead at half, 12-point lead. And I was like, all we need is a semblance of one of these Warriors, patented Warriors third-quarter runs, and we'll be good to go. This whole series after game one, I was like, you know, the Celtics are going to be prepared for third quarters. And every game, they haven't been prepared. And in this one, I don't know if they were really, like, it was anything the Celtics did, but, like, it all started off with that bad clay foul and then the the yeah. uh, oh. cross-court one, one-handed one pass that Jalen Brown picked and then got fouled again <laughs> yeah mean, what do you think happened in the third and then subsequently what what do you think happened in the fourth to kind of turn everything well I think in the third quarter I give Boston props because what were they 0 for 19 for threes and then they hit the next seven threes but this mm-hmm. is the thing and I'm a warrior I mean I'm a warrior fan but I'm gonna be honest I don't think the Warriors could stop their drives to the rim. And mm-hmm. I felt Boston fell in love with a three-point shot. And the thing that, that I don't understand is the Warriors are smaller, but if if you heave three-point shots, it's always a long rebound. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. even if Boston drove and they attacked and they missed, their size alone still gives them the advantage for offensive rebound. You know, mm-hmm. so I thought – a lot of the times, like, Boston should have took the ball to the cup. That was their bread mm-hmm. and butter. Like, no, who? let's be honest, Patrick. Who can guard Jalen Brown? This, okay, you take Wiggins out, right? Who can guard mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, honestly? No, for the most part, you know, nobody. You put Clay on him, and he does okay every now and then. Yeah. He's gotten a little bit better since the series started, since he's had more reps on Brown. Yeah. But, of course, like, he gets by Draymond, you know, you – try other people on him because you don't have anybody who could fully match up with him yeah. for sure. 
Boston, they just fell in love with the three too much. And then by the time you started driving, instead of, like you tell a lot of times, in their attack, instead of going straight to the rim, Mm -hmm. they're thinking about kicking out. That's why the Warriors were able to stop them so easily and get those deflections. Because instead Mm -hmm. of just going to the rim, you know, the Warriors, I think the problem with the Warriors was in the first half, they overhelped too much. You know what I mean? They overhelp and they stunt, but after the stunt, they don't stand in there. They go back and they give the lane. You know what I mean? So I think that's where Boston messed up. And going to game six, you're going to see Boston attack the rim more. You know, like, but I think what really happened was the referees, they got into Boston's head. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that whole sequence with Jalen Brown really messed them up. And I remember at halftime, um, Boston's coach told him, hey, don't even look at the referees, just play your game. Don't even complain. And look what mm-hmm. happened in the second half. You know, they yeah. started complaining. In the third, you know, like we talked about this a little bit, it just felt like they, the Warriors, to me, took the foot off the gas a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that, uh, that Draymond pass yeah. that Jalen Brown picked off, that was like, a bad sign to me because it's like, oh, okay, Boston's like trying really hard yeah. and, and we're not. And, um, you know, like it was one of those things where it's like, oh, come on, just just uh, don't uh, half-ass this one. Like here's the thing, like, right, like Boston started, I agree with you, they started draining those threes. And yeah. there was a part of me that was like, okay, this this better not be like game one, fourth one, quarter. yeah. Right? And, uh, yeah. but, but to me, I was like, well, if it is, hopefully they get all these shots out of their system in the third, and then they start missing in the fourth. And they did. I think they did start driving a little bit more, you know? And I think, mm-hmm. like, it was weird to me because whatever you think of refs, it's like, and, and, uh, it, it felt like they were letting them play a little bit more in the first half. In the third, they were calling it a little bit tighter. And then yeah, it was, it was, they went those back. were ticky-tack fouls. I thought those were very ticky-tack fouls. In the fourth, they let them play a little bit more because there were some times where the 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 Celtics drove and they were getting – I mean, yeah. they were getting bodied a little bit, but, like, hey, it's it's not a foul if you call it consistently. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With a DraftKings same game parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same game parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total made threes, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, Let me ask this, Patrick. Yeah. I feel like Jordan Poole, for every one good thing he does, he has like four bad mistakes. <laughs> I mean, that's how I look at Jordan Poole. Like, for every one good thing he does, there's like three, four bad mistakes. But yeah, definitely, definitely, because in the playoffs, right? Like in the regular season or even in the early rounds, the defenses aren't this good, right? So like, yeah. they're they are going after him so so hard. Like, it makes me wince a little bit because I'm like, oh boy, what what's what's coming now? 
and they get a foul, they drive on him, all this stuff. But like in the first half, he was terrible, right? And so they they pulled yeah. him out early, uh, and then he didn't play him again. And then um, my buddy that I was texting, my buddy Aram, uh, he was like, that end of third quarter buzzer beater, like that was huge. I, I actually wasn't sure because it just put the Warriors up by one, right? And like, yeah, it did. It, like it's a moment, huge momentum shift and the place gets loud. But if you're Boston's coach, if you're Boston's yeah. coach, you're going to be like, hey, we just came back and we're only down by one. And so I d- wasn't sure what was going to happen. But like what I was hoping for was that that would – unlock Jordan Poole just a little bit more and it did right he was confident he hit a couple shots um he didn't do as much dancing around in place but um 100 he he definitely makes mistakes like like in the regular season he gets away with these mistakes because they're not trying that hard right he'll learn he'll get better if Steph can get better at defense if he can be more aware on defense if he can bulk up Jordan Poole can and will do that too, especially if he wants to get paid. <laughs> Honestly, like I just want to escape these finals and then like, you know, have Jordan Poole go to the gym. <laughs> but another thing, Patrick, I mean, you asked me, I gave you my Boston point of view, but I think what really turned the Warriors wrong, if you think about it, what's one thing different that the Warriors did in the fourth quarter that they usually that they did that they usually do in the fourth quarters, especially with Steph? They always relied on the high pick and roll. But as you notice, Steph wasn't shooting. They went back to ball movement. Right. Look how, look how many Warriors in the last six, seven minutes scored off non-pick and rolls, but off ball movements, mm-hmm. off splits, mm-hmm. off screens. Yeah. So yeah. Stephen, Stephen Curry's bad game actually brought them back to their motion offense. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'm not saying it's good that Steph had a bad game. But I think that's how the Warriors stepped up. They went yeah. back to movement. That's what caught Boston off guard. Like, Boston's rotation is what, seven, mm-hmm. eight players? Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. And yeah. all that movement, you know, in the fourth quarter worked. Because usually yeah. in the fourth quarter, okay, Steph has the ball, high pick and roll, you know, but not anymore. It was more mm-hmm. of the push, screen away, cut back door, not there, back to weak side, split screen on the opposite. So I mm-hmm. think if you look if you look at the last five minutes, the Warriors were actually running their motion offense, which yeah. was beautiful. It's crazy, right? Because like in the beginning of the second quarter, right? Steph's minutes when he sits. That's because the guys have been so inconsistent and because that unit has looked bad. Yes. I mean, they looked bad again in the beginning of the, yeah. uh, the, the second quarter. The reason was like when you inject Steph, right? He obviously draws so much attention and he gets open shots for other dudes. And I think that's, that's actually an excellent point. Cause if they didn't execute, right. Then you get all the, the, the Kerr haters saying like, you should have just gotten Steph pick and roll instead of going in motion because Wiggins is driving and taking uh, step back turnarounds and missing and Jordan Poole isn't this, but the fact that they were actually able to execute is mm-hmm. what makes the difference, you know what I mean? And and then also just, if you look at the whole narrative of these finals and everybody for the last three days is like, oh, Steph man. Got nobody yeah. and and uh, it's just Steph Curry, nobody else comparing to LeBron James. Even I mean, because let's be honest, like the Jordan Poole and Clay haven't looked super consistent, you know, like I've joked about, you know, Quinn Cook and Alfonso McKinney, you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> it's, it's great to see these dudes. And I mean, this has to be a gut punch, right? Because it's like, okay, 
you stop Steph, right? Quote unquote, stop Steph, whatever that means. But the team still beat you after they blew a lead. Like that's, that's yes. gotta be, you know, you gotta be shook after mm-hmm. that. And I don't know about you, man, but like, I'm sure we just want to close the series out wherever yeah. it is. And like, nothing would make me happier than closing this series out in Boston in front right. of those Celtics fans who are you know, <laughs> F you Draymond, F you clay mm-hmm. and all that jazz and being drunk and just trying to go for, you know, it's all about 18, right? Isn't that like some kind of saying they have about their 18th yeah. title. And um, meanwhile, I'm having all my Lakers friends tell me like, let's yeah, do it. We're, we're sports <laughs> warriors. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And, and let's, let's be honest, Patrick, like, our economy is bad right now, and if if the Warriors do lose, then they're gonna have to make extra hats and shirts for Boston. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we don't want to do that. We want to save our economy and just make one set of championship shirts and hats. Because if we go to Game Seven, there's gonna be hundreds of thousands of hats and shirts that's gonna be wasted, and we can't have that anymore, especially with the way gas prices are. So you yeah. got that right. So let, let me ask you about game six. Like what would you expect from both teams and what are you, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think um, like for me, game six, this is the thing. It's a pick your poison thing. I don't think Boston is going to change their game plan at all. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep blitzing staff. They're going to double team. And like I said, like what the Warriors did to Luka Doncic, right? Let let Luca score his points. Let's let the rest of the team beat us. And I think if in the first half they could do what they did with Wiggins scoring, um, Clay scoring, everybody else scoring, that's going to open up Steph's game. Because I guarantee you that they're going to keep, they're going to s- switch on the pick and roll, jam on up high. And but the thing is, Steph is not going to have two bad games. You know, he'll no. take that big man and take him in. And I think that's what Boston has. The thing with Boston is what's going to scare me because all these games are going to be close. I mean, it doesn't matter. At the end, it's like 10. But it's, it's, if you think all these games are always close in the last five minutes, four minutes. Mm-hmm. I think what the Warriors did in the fourth quarter that, that really was good was Kerr didn't have to worry about bringing Steph back in right away. He was yeah. able to rest those five minutes. And the way the Warriors did that was no quick shots. No turnovers, quick rebounds, go up, set up your motion. There mm-hmm. was no, there was not a lot of quick shots. They were work, making the Boston defense work. And I'll be honest, after I saw eight minutes to seven and Steph get up, I was like, that's enough rest. You know what I mean? He was always having to come back with like at the most nine yeah. and a half, or at the least nine and a half yeah. minutes left in the fourth yeah. every game. So, you know, I think it is huge. And even though, you know, it didn't really, he didn't really hit a bunch of yeah. more shots or close out the way that he's used to, just giving him that rest. So that's the key. I think the key is that fourth quarter start. They they got to mm-hmm. make sure that they maintain that pace, the Warriors' pace, not the Boston pace, because beginning of third quarter, that was the Boston pace. But the beginning of fourth, even the Warriors had a one-point lead, it was the Warriors' pace. What do you think on some of those uh, uh, calls that Celtics fans are most likely going to – or they're probably already complaining about the calls that didn't go their way in the fourth. The Celtics, after they lost game of two, the whole week, because you know how there's like a long break? Yeah. All all the Boston players 
Boston, Boston players and fans, they kept complaining about Draymond's technical. It's like that stayed on their heads the whole week. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I didn't listen to the post game, but I have a feeling Boston's going to talk about refs and it's going to go on. Instead of just forgetting about it, it's going to go on. And the thing is, it's just going to linger. And I don't know if that's going to affect their game, make them better. But refs are yeah. refs. Calls are calls, man. Like, I mean, And maybe that's just the Boston being young, letting them get in their heads. Once I saw Marcus Smart get a little – I've never seen him blow up like that, yeah. I mean, he's the one that is always calming the rest of the guys down. So when yeah. he gets a little off – Gilter, then I'm like, okay, they are technically losing their cool a little bit. But let's be honest, man. Like, the Warriors were 13 of 15 from the line. The Celtics are 21 for 31. You know, yeah. like, if anything, <laughs> their, their fans should be mad that they missed so many free exactly. throws. You know, the Warriors got called for 28 fouls to 16. 28 yeah. fouls, man. And, you know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, they they got nothing to stand on to me in in that respect. You know what I mean? Because like there have been, you know, there's there's been some inconsistent both ways refereeing, but that's going to happen. Unfortunately, hopefully it happens less in general. But like, you know, you hey, they left ten points on the line. Yeah, and, they and have a lot- sixteen more free throws overall. That's ridiculous, yeah. man. So you can't say that because, like you said, they left it. They left it on the net. They left it on the court. And I was stunned that they kept missing. You know, I mean, I, I just yeah. was like, I didn't check the box score during the game, but they kept missing. And what Tatum two for six? Oh man, uh, yuck, man. Like I don't know. Like I'm not gonna blame because he's still young. This is his first finals. You know, yeah, he's 24. Mean? Yeah, and the thing is, free throws are so important. You know what I mean? And I think that's a good example right there, you know, being yeah. clutch in, in playoff games, championship games. Who do you think wins game six? Oh, man. Why are you going to put me in this predicament? I don't want to. <laughs> okay. In my heart, okay, if the Warriors, if Steph Curry can get back, which I believe he can, I think the Warriors will, can close it out in Boston. As a Warriors fan, I'm going to go Warriors. Like you said, they want to close it out in six. Um, I don't know how strong mentally Boston will be after this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's the big question for me. I want to see how Boston comes back after this. But mm-hmm. the best thing to do is Warriors got to start early. They can't do that nonchalant thing. They got to go. But let me ask mm-hmm. you this. Do you like it when Otto Porter is in the starting lineup? Here, here's the thing. Okay, so we all know it's, you know, to space the floor a little bit, give more offense so that Dre and Looney aren't on the court at the same time. And I guess I like it if it ends up working. It doesn't start off very well, you know. Yeah. Like that's that's it, the it problem. Does not. Right? Yeah. But then with Looney in there, does it start better? You know, I I don't necessarily think so. I think right now they're a little handcuffed yeah. with who they could put in unless you go super small. But I just, I just don't see that happening. And they have a short leash, a short leash yeah. on, on the OPJ lineup. Look, like Looney got like a bunch of ticky tack, bad foul calls. And I don't think he mm-hmm. should have gotten those at all. And he, he's one of those dudes who can come off the bench and just do what he does. It's working. So I can see him sticking with it. If he hits a couple threes in the first quarter of game six, then yeah. it worked. The only thing is, 
I like Otto Porter in that second rotation. And, yeah. Uh, in these past two games where he's only scored two points or, you know. Yeah. So I just hope, you know, I mean, that's my only concern. Would you put Looney back in or, or, or is, would you experiment with something else? I would do the same thing. I would put Looney back in, put him on short release. Because the thing that Looney does really good is that you can switch him and he can play, he can play D on a guard. Yeah, you know he's he's a pretty smart defender on the pick and roll switch. Also, he knows how to cut. Like the biggest problem with Draymond is, again, if there's a switch and his big is guarding Steph or another guard, Draymond doesn't dive down to the basket for that no. jump off. <laughs> no. You know, Looney does, and that's how Looney gets most of his points. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, is he's smart enough to to dive on the opposite block every time. There's a high pick and roll. You know, that's probably the biggest difference I see between him and Jay. I mean, Draymond, I think he's slowly coming to the old Draymond. But I think it's in his head too much. I don't know, what do you think? Do you think having his old podcast after every show, he needs to just focus on the game <laughs> or what? Like, No, I mean, know? like, I didn't listen yeah. to any of that chatter. No, I mean, does it take time? I mean, I know it takes time to do a podcast. But yeah. does he does he sit at his computer and edit the thing and post it? No, no. he just talks. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's 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 not it. That's not it. Another thing I just noticed in the, on the stat sheet is that Boston had 18 turnovers and we had yes. six. We had six. I don't remember the last time the Warriors had six turnovers. I'd heard that the Celtics were error prone and didn't really see that the first mm-hmm. couple of games to me. And I've been like waiting for it. And these last two games more so this game than the last one but hey if i'm if i'm a boston fan yeah. 18 turnovers to six and then all those missed free throws uh mm-hmm. i'm i'm uh I'm, I'm losing especially like what the warriors shot nine for 40 they shot 22 and a half percent oh my gosh yeah you're right i mean the celtics didn't shoot much better but they shot yeah. actually technically they shot better 11 for 32 mm-hmm. 34 0.4%. So, you know, they yeah. well, the Celtics had an opportunity. They they yeah. they they smoked it, you know? And I think honestly what's missing not not only from the Boston game but a lot of teams is they don't really have a true point guard. I mean, you have Marcus Smart who's a good defender, but he's not really their point. It's it's Jason Tatum who pushes the ball and the thing is they don't have that player that can set the tone like okay, we're panicking. Let's set up the offense. It's let me shoot right away or find a pass to shoot. And I think that's what Boston is missing right now, especially in these games. Like Steph Curry, he's a point guard in a way where he can take a double team and find the open person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But Tatum, he doesn't really get double team. He'll dribble Mm -hmm. and pass it to someone. He's not attracting the defense. Maybe on a drive – but if he's going on to perimeter, trying to trying to make a decision or try to set the tone, he doesn't really attract the defense in that way. Like you said, he's still young, and my big question before the finals was like, is Jason Tatum really that guy? And I feel like I've talked yeah. about this every finals episode. Uh, and he's amazing, great talent, but he's not there yet. I don't think he's that guy yet. He doesn't scare me yeah. like. Uh, even John Morant, you know, or, or oh, like, I say Luca, or or the way even I mean, Lu- Luca to me has the potential to be. Oh, I think Luca is that guy. 
He is yeah, that he's guy. That he is guy. Scary. Yeah. He, he's yeah, a guy that, is. like, I mean, look at the rest of that team. Tatum is is not that guy. I mean, you can see it. He His stat line looks good. 10 for 20, 5 for 9 from 3, uh, yeah. except for the missed free throws. He had 10 boards, 4 assists, 27 points. But he got all his points early. He was hot early. Yeah. And then he just – he kind of stunk up the room in the in the fourth. He missed a – I think he air, airballed at least two shots. Oh, man. Rick Short quite a few times. And, um, you know, credit to Wiggins for really putting pressure on him and the, the Warriors for giving help on whomever else he got switched on to. But I'm hoping for a game six win so I could I can uh, just watch those Celtics fans. Uh. <laughs> it's always nice. Like, it's to me, it's always nice to win in the other person's floor. Do you think there's going to be a game six, Clay? I bet you he thinks I, it, man. So I, either either he's uh, going to be game six clay or he's going four for 20. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> die trying. Uh, all right, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Lupino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Also check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the Oakland Warriors podcast. It's produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. <laughs>